and welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlon. I am the pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church on the south side of Easton, Pennsylvania. And this is Lydia Apostles, and I'm the pastor of Family of God Lutheran Church, which is Buckingham, Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philadelphia. And we are Lit Liturgy, your most favoritist podcast about creative worship ideas. We are worship, worshiping with a twist. Lit, we are so lit because we are hopping. We are excited to be here. We are... Um, just doing awesome, but also lit just, also means just it's awesome. Holy Week, almost. Uh, it also means drunk, and I'm trying to figure out just how drunk we'll get, but there's no uh, percentage on this bottle, so we might be a little... <laughs> it's a mystery percentage. Uh, we are drinking another from Weyerbacher, which is a favorite local brewery of ours, uh, Tango Unchained, which is D apostrophe Tango. It's a Belgian-style dark ale brewed with cherries aged in oak with some big word that I don't know what it says. When you just you hand it to me, I don't know what that is. It's, it has Brett at the front of it. Yeah. Bretta Namasites? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I learned a new word today, but not really because I have no clue what it says. But so. also tell us where we got, where you got this beer. Uh, this came from last weekend. We were both at the uh, Bear Creek Camp, which is the Lutheran camp for Northeast and Southeast Pennsylvania Synods at their gala, and it was part of their wine pull. And I was really excited when I saw at the top. Um, we weren't the, at the camp, though. We no, were, no. We, we were, were at, at, a, we're a, at a fancy hotel. And we were at a gala. We were, we were very fancy. But Weyerbacher's logo is the jester's um, bell. And so when I pulled, when I started to open it and I saw the jester's bell, I knew it would be a decent beer because I've yet to have a Weyerbacher beer that I really disliked. So, <laughs> this so that's is what we're no drinking. So we are also swear at some point today. I know we will Especially swear. Especially a lot because it's, the like week. I mentioned, almost Holy Week. Yeah, we are recording this on the Friday before Holy Week, so we're just a little unfrazzled. <laughs> unfrazzled or frazzled? A little frazzled. Unraveled, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was fine, like, when I was in college and even in seminary, I always, well, more college, I always thought the week before finals was worse than finals week. Like, mm -hmm. I love finals week. Everything was canceled. But the week before finals, when all your papers were due, and everybody was trying to have their last meeting of the year for all the different clubs, I used to hate that week. We called it Hell Week. We, yeah. The week before finals was Hell Week. And I kind of feel like this week is Hell Week before Holy it, Week. It kind of is, which, which is sort of appropriate. Yeah. That Why don't we call this Hell Week and then Hell Week and then Holy Week? Yeah. Though at my know. college, we started with Hell Week with breakfast. Well, like, but mine, so anyway, mine we, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you to Brian O'Dean for our beautiful theme music as usual. And even though it's Hell Week, we will not be talking about Holy Week. We will be talking instead about the sending, finally finishing up our really long uh, Ordo series that we started, what, back in the summer? Last fall? summer, probably. Yeah. So anyway, this, this go back into the feed and you can find episodes on the gathering meal uh gathering word and meal and so now we are finally doing the sending which is the last part it's the last little bit um and easy little, to overlook <laughs> little being the key word there. it is a little bit yeah it's um it's really easy to overlook because the people are it's kind of at the end what well, is at the end not just kind of it is at the end people are either hungry or ready for coffee or sneaking out because they're late for soccer practice or brunch or something like that um but it, it's important to look at because this is sort of the moment where we get we get sent out into the into the community, which is sort of the point of the whole service, right? Yes. That's why we're gathering. Yeah, we we gather not for us, but for uh, to feed us for the rest of the week. So, because mm -hmm. the church said, be sending us out. 
Yeah, so it's the transition, sort of like a threshold moment. So it's probably good not to ignore. Like, yes, use it. Use that. Use that little bit of extra time at the end after communion. But it is also a short piece. Don't make it super long either. Like, which, it's not the true. focus of the service. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it? What is in the, what is in that part? Well, in the ELW with the Evangelical Lutheran Worship, which is the ELCA hymnal that we both mostly follow, mostly <laughs> uh, the only parts of the liturgy for the sending is the sending of communion, post communion pr- prayer and blessing, which I find weird that that's anyway that to me should be part of the meal still. Announcements, blessing, hymn, and dismissal. That's it. The mm-hmm. end. Yep. And most of those, like, the blessing is, what, three lines? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, super short. Uh, it's uh, that, as Lydia was talking about, sometimes the people who are sneaking out because they're ready to leave, or the people who don't even, like, stick around for the sending because they come back, they bring their purse and jack it up with them for communion, <laughs> and then they just leave by the keep side walking. aisle and keep walking all the way out the door for whatever reason. So... Um, sometimes it's because they're the ones serving coffee hour. Sometimes it's because they need to leave for whatever reason. But hey, at least they were in worship for the vast majority of worship. So yeah, they, they got they got Jesus. I won't criticize do, them at all. They do. They got an important bit. If you're only going to stay for part of the service, that's probably like the part you really should be at. All right. So with this teeny tiny part of the service, <laughs> how can we be semi creative with it? Well, let's break it down, shall we? Yes. All right. So sending of communion. Um. We don't do this most weeks at my church. They used to do it on the first Sunday of the month, but then I'm not there every Sunday. Uh, every well, I have a Monday. I have a Sunday off a month, and if I took the first Sunday off of the month, then it would be like they didn't have communion, so then they didn't do it. It was just all sorts of, and then we stopped doing it. So, but yeah, we used to do it too, and then I, yeah, took it out and. But this is making me think that maybe we should do it, but have more fun with it instead of it being a prayer. Um, yeah. And and we're we're talking about like sending the com- communion elements out. People are taking them for home communion. Yes, for people like just just to be clear. Yeah, um, we used to have the people, the Eucharistic ministers, the homebound visitors, whatever you want to call them in your congregation. Um, they would bring up their little kit of and have it sitting on the altar during that day, and we would bless them, or they would come forward with the kit, and we would bless them. Um, but again, if they weren't there that Sunday, if I wasn't there that Sunday, it made it all sorts of weird. So, mm-hmm. and, it, and it gets blessed if it's there. It's it's blessed. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. Doesn't matter. But how about if instead of um, you have everyone gather around the table for that sending piece and that you are sending out everyone for communion because every meal that they will have over the next seven days is the sending of communion. If we realize that communion is wherever Jesus is with us in bread and, you know, it doesn't have to be bread and wine. It can be tacos and tequilas. It can be... (laughs) um, Which we were just at. (laughs) Yeah, it can be, you know, rice and sake, or it doesn't even have to be alcohol. No. Whatever you Juice. Yes. Um, You can also maybe have to-go containers so that people can bring communion to friends and families. And I don't mean like the nice fancy boxes that cost like $150 each to go and have Eucharistic ministers go and bring it. But like actually like to-go containers. Like a Chinese to-go container. Yeah. That'd be kind of awesome. And have like leftover bread and one and then you can get like, you know, little sippy cup type things filled with the wine and the grape juice that people can bring it out to their family and friends who weren't able to make it to worship that day. Mm -hmm. Like, you know... So and so had to stay home because they were sick. Like, and so the little, you know, the little sister can bring communion to their older brother. 
Um, hmm. How cute would that be? That would be, be great. Um, because the older brother was sick or the older brother was, you know, at a science fair that day or whatever the case was. Hmm. Um, also, you can send out the leftovers. We always... Uh, bring the bread down to the fellowship hall for social hour. Now, most people don't eat it. They prefer the cake that's served, but we <laughs> bring the bread there so people can nibble on the leftover Jesus. Yeah, so it gets shared that way. Yeah. I have also gone around after worship when I've had like just a little bit of communion left, and this is like that flat bread that like Luther Seminary's recipe is famous yes. for the sweet stuff. And go around and ask people if they want extra Jesus. Yeah, if you need some extra Jesus this week, I'd be like, yes, please me. Yeah. <laughs> I will have all the Jesus you will give me. Because that's good Jesus. Because that's good Jesus. So, yeah, so that's um, the sending out of communion yeah. piece. Um, usually after that, there is the benediction and or blessing. It's kind of both and. Yes. Um, this isn't really a prayer. It's a blessing saying like the Lord will, this is kind of like yes. the Lord will bless you and keep you apart. Usually, often, not all the time, there's some sort of Trinitarian language that goes along with it. Um, if you're feeling bold, shake up the language a little bit and kind of go away from Father, Son, Holy Spirit, maybe try Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, I've heard yeah, as one option. Or even like expand it so it's not just these three words. But mm-hmm. we, uh, we have a blessing. I have no clue where it came from, but it's in my, like it was there the first Sunday I was at my church. I, I don't know where it came from, I, and I love it. Um, and of course now I can't think of a single word of it <laughs> now that I'm being put on the spot. But it's just this... Um, great prayer of may God continue to be with you throughout the week and uh yeah it's not coming to me at all I thought maybe it would but maybe maybe you'll, it'll come back later we have a few more sips have of beer more, that will help of course a, yeah um but if you if your congregation doesn't have like a tradition actually you could start one you could you could have your people write their own write your own blessing and then use that blessing mm-hmm. every week that'd be cool otherwise borrow from other traditions there's some great irish blessings saint francis wrote some stuff especially the may god bless you with discomfort yeah that'd be kind of i've used that where people kind of look up and go What'd she just say? Yeah. Um, usually, because usually people have like their head down and are thinking about coffee, and so if you say something a little out of the ordinary, people might go, "Oh, oh, I should be listening at this part." Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking about the if you're, you can write one like if your congregation is making a welcome statement, like expand that to make a blessing. Ooh, I like that and idea. And then it's your congregation's blessing at the end of the service. Yeah, and so then people will be like, "What's our mission statement?" Oh yeah. Yep. And then you can and rattle it off. Our, actually, we do that for the dismissal because our, not mission statement, I don't even know what it's called, but it's different people, one purpose to share Christ's love. And so I always say the different people, one purpose, they say to share Christ's love and then it's go in peace, serve the Lord. Ah. So we incorporate that into the dismissal. But if you have a longer mission statement, you can incorporate that into your blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway. You can sing. Yep. You, you could find one. That you can sing. That's yeah, my nice. uh, my parents' pastor, who's a fabulous music, uh, uh, vocalist, um, he will sing the benediction every once in a while, and it's just beautiful when mm-hmm. he does. So yeah, should happen more often, except for then other pastors who can't sing like myself are then expected to sing the benediction, and you don't want to hear that. <laughs> that's why if you can sing and feel comfortable singing, you can sing. But if not, yeah. that's okay. Um, 
So if you um, are doing some sort of baptismal theme or, or Thanksgiving for baptism or just want to shake things up, uh, get out your baptismal font, get some tree branches, do some, I'm, I always say this wrong, I feel asperges, asperges. Yeah, yeah. Asperges. Aspergeses? As- <laughs> Spray people with water. Spray people, flick people with the water. If you do it, if you did it at the beginning of the service, do it again because yeah. we always need to remember our baptisms. And and if you did it at the beginning of the service, they're just people are just now dry from that. So <laughs> get them wet again, you know. Yeah, yeah. On your way out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another thing you could do is uh, I love the benediction from our funeral service. Uh, so borrow that and say, you know, the sheep we. We are commended to God, the sheep from God's flock, sinners of God's own redeeming. Yes. That kind of stuff. That's always beautiful language, too. Yes. Though there's... In, is that the, also the prayer that has the... Uh, oh, the really old language in it. I can't... Uh, beseech. Yes. The word beseech. Yeah. We've had have, we've had discussions about beseech before. Yeah. Yeah. Some modernized language yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Nobody knows what beseeched means, you know. Right. Anyway. Uh, well, they do. They just don't use it on the regular basis. So, you know, use a less whatever. Um, if you do announcements at the end of the service, this is when you do it. Uh, make them short and sweet. We talked about announcements during our gathering episode. Uh, there's definitely arguments to be made for doing announcements at the end. Uh, part of it is, oh, people don't forget to sign up for that thing because you had a you know hour-long worship service between when you told them about it when they're supposed to sign up for it now you can just tell them to sign up for it and they're out the door and they'll remember maybe at least a little bit more likely to um also it's being talking about being sent out and doing things out in the world again so it would be it makes sense the somewhat liturgically to put it here but also i will tell you Every time I've been to a church that has announcements at the end, I'm just ready to be done by then, so shut up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, just, please keep, dear God, please keep them short. Yeah. Me, and You know, only relevant ones, please. Yeah, you're just ready to be done. I'm much more uh, willing to listen to long announcements at the beginning than at the end, personally. And I don't think I'm alone in that mindset. Yeah, so. but, if you, but if you do announcements then, and that's how your church has done it. and Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Just make them short and sweet. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, then normally it's followed by a sending hymn. Make it happy. Make it joyful. If you are ending, if you're sending him, it has a minor key. Like unless you're in Lent, like that's pretty. No, no, even in Lent, you can find. There's there's some good Lent hymns that really get you moving. That's in a minor key. I would argue, but okay. Anyway, <laughs> but maybe like for the rest of Few the year. Few and far between. Yeah. Um, it's, they are hard to find, but drag out some instruments. Go, go raid your music yeah. closet. Um, Invite the kids forward to play and pass out a basket of those classroom instruments. Exactly. And if you, if we, for so many other parts of the service, we tell you do this for a season, do that for a season. And at least in our denominational resources, usually we do like one kind of confession for a season, one kind of prayers for a season. Why not pick for an entire season? one sending him and then people could know it really well and by the end of that season like they're singing very loudly yeah or even if you do that by a month because four weeks true is better than mm-hmm. you know a, i've never heard this song before but we're gonna muddle through it so. yeah i had some seminary professors who their shtick was to sing fewer hymns but know them well like so the repertoire so we weren't singing necessarily RLC quite matched up hymns, but if we know the hymns, we have fewer hymns, sing fewer hymns, but 
but know them really well. So we, they come part of our DNA. So this is one way you can do that. Which is, I mean, if you want to talk about old school, it's true. I mean, people traditionally, and by traditionally, I, don't, I mean 100 years ago, and I also mean like 2,000 years ago, they only had a handful of hymns that you would know. And you would sing them over and over and over again, and you would know them well, which is why when you do all the, you know, funerals for a bunch of old people, it's always like the same six hymns that they always want to sing. Yeah, because they know them. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the ones that they know. So, um, the dismissal, yeah, is something else you can change by the season or relate it to the, your readings or the sermon that week. So, like, if you are preaching on... Um, something about food related things is, you know, go in peace fed by Christ. Ooh, that's a nice you one. Know, if you are doing something that is about, uh, forgiveness, if you're preaching a lot on forgiveness, go in peace, know, uh, knowing that you are forgiven, you know, something like that, that you are relating it to the readings or the sermons and you're able, cause it's just what you normally it's one back and forth. Or if in my church, it's two back and forth cause we have the mission statement there. Um, so change it up a little bit by season or by week, depending on what all you're doing. Mm -hmm. And especially if you lead it in the back and don't have a great mobile sound system, you could get your youth and your kids involved with leading it because Mm -hmm. then they can yell and be, and be really loud. Like I give you permission to yell in church. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Yeah. And so have them either yell one or both of those pieces and make sure that they're really into it. So as a kid, that was my favorite line in the entire worship service was go in peace, serve the Lord. Cause I knew it meant worship was done. Ah. And I really thought we said thanks be to God because it meant worship was done. <laughs> so and use yet that. Somehow I'm a pastor today. Yes. So miracle of miracles. <laughs> um, some other things you can do to be a little bit more creative during this time is uh, add the sharing of the peace here. We've just started this at my church. Um, we did it for Lent, and I did an informal poll of a bunch of people, and uh, it looks like it's going to stay at the end of the service, where we do, go in peace, serve the Lord, thanks be to God, the peace of the Lord be with you all, and also with you, and then people greet each other in peace as a way of, um, we actually did it then because people would take sharing of the peace in the middle of the service to be, oh, now it's time to talk, and then they would talk ah. for the rest of the service, so it's brought, especially during the choir anthem, so it's brought the talking down a lot, but also I like it because if you have visitors, it allows people to naturally go up and greet them right away and like talk to them. And even if they only share the piece with a visitor, it's fine. The only complaints I've heard is that it's um, about it being at the end is that some people don't feel like they don't get to greet as many people. But that's okay because we aren't supposed to greet every single person during the sharing of peace anyway, unless so you're worshiping forever. only with like five people. So yeah, and then it probably makes a more natural transition to coffee hour. Yes, if, if you're having it elsewhere, out in some of the fellowship hall or whatever, yeah. wherever you have it. So let's talk about coffee hour because that's basically an extension of the sharing of the sending. Pretty much, or at least it should be. <laughs> it really should. It really. Should. Well, first off, let's not call it coffee hour because as a non-coffee drinker, that's true. I prefer social hour social or fellowship hour. hour because coffee hour excludes non-coffee drinkers. Which is true, which they exist. <laughs> yes, I am one. And we want to be inclusive. <laughs> So we want to be inclusive and welcoming of our tea drinking, um, or non-caffeine drinking, you know, which is true too. 
so yeah, have move your fellowship hour to the social hour to the sanctuary. You know, use the altar as the table to serve your you know lemon meringue pie and uh, bars on. We'll be very upper Midwest and have bars. Right. Yes, have bars. Um, Especially since a lot of the time you kind of lose people between the sanctuary and the fellowship hall. Yes. Um, not everyone, even though it's like right there. Sometimes. Some people, like you either you veer, you either veer out the door or you have to veer to the fellowship hall. So like that's kind of when where we lose people is, is kind of out the door of the sanctuary. It's sort of like a go left for this, go right to leave. Yeah. Um, so we don't get as many people at coffee hour. But maybe if we had it in the back of the sanctuary... Yeah. We'd get more people to stay. Or in the front of the sanctuary. Or in the front of the sanctuary. Use your altar and do it that way. Um, You can do a service project in the sanctuary, you know, or start it in the sanctuary, depending on what you're doing. You know, start it during announcements. If you're doing fleece type, I think it's, you know, Mm -hmm. you can have people set up some tables in the back of the sanctuary and start cutting fleece as soon as they get done... Uh, participating in communion. Mm-hmm. So. Or you, so you could be like, stay in peace, make some blankets, thanks yeah. be to God. Or if it's a packing of a meal, or if it's, you know, whatever the case is, you can do it right there at that moment and get people involved. Um, and then you get that thing that happens that kids wants to stay and then they make their parents stay. Yes. And then the parents get mad that their kids want to stay in church. <gasps> what a great thing. I know. it's. I love that when it happens. Because so. usually it's the kids who are like, Mom, stop talking yeah. to Aunt Sadie or whatever. Yeah. Um, I have a kid who times her grandma to see how long it takes her to, between when she says she's going to leave and when she really leaves. So it's the Midwestern goodbye. <laughs> well, I suppose. Even though this is in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> um, if you have a multi-use room for your sanctuary space, you know, that can be during the sending hymn that you have people move their chairs out of the way because they're standing up. And if you're, especially if you're doing one of those, we sing the same song every, for the sending every week or by season or whatever. Um, if, especially if you have projection of capabilities available, project the words, have people move their chairs so that by the time uh, this hymn is done, you are all just standing in a circle singing, send me Jesus or whatever the song is. And that space is ready to be used for the next thing, or mm-hmm. at least to be cleaned up so that your custodial staff can set it up for the next thing. So, yeah. Same if you're doing it for dinner church. Yeah. It's always a good thing to, to sing and clean at the same time <laughs> because it goes faster. It does. Whistle while you work. Didn't we learn that from, uh, something. Snow White. Oh, Snow White. <laughs> yeah. Something. So, all right. Making us think. Sorry, sending was super short because the sending is super short, but we have a lot of shots because we, we are, have a lot of shots. We have three months. Not really. We do. So. We are doing all of the Easter season shots. So just be prepared. We April. have some big shots, a lot of shots. So yeah. be so. ready, ready to go. All right. So our first one is for April 28th, the second Sunday of Easter, AKA Doubting Thomas Sunday. This is the reading that we always get. For the season, the Sunday after Easter, a.k.a. Associate Pastor Sunday, a.k.a. Pastor sometimes will take a vacation Sunday, so it's a uh, supply Pastor Sunday. Um, But if you are going to be there uh, at your congregation, have people share their own stories about scars. Talk about, well, Jesus still exhibited scars from the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Talk about your own scar stories. You could divide up the reading 
um, between 19 through 23 and then 24 through 31. So the 19 through 23 is the one, that's the uh, locked that's, door part. Yeah, that's the first appearance of Jesus. Yeah. That's the evening of Easter. Yes. And then the other part is when Thomas comes in. So you yeah. could divide that's it up. That's a week later. You're right, which is true. It's like we get a week, a week goes by really quickly uh, in the service. So you could do one of those readings at the beginning of the service, sort of like if you're doing that for Easter, and then Thomas at the, at the gospel time or vice versa, do the Easter bit at the, at the gospel time and then do Thomas at the end. Yeah, because it's almost like they shouldn't be, if you're trying to preach on one, it's hard to do both sections like you exactly you miss part of it yeah because the second part is doubting thomas and the first part is a preview of pentecost yes um jesus breathed on them they received the holy spirit um start something that you can continue on through the season of pentecost uh, yeah through the season of easter through the season of easter Pente- to pentecost yes yeah. <laughs> so you could do prayer slips that are on raindrops uh, you could do birds, butterflies, flames, uh, get some decoration started for Pentecost. Yeah. And by sanctuary. all that, you mean paper cutouts. Paper cutouts, yeah. Actual... Get physical raindrops, yeah. Get some birds. <laughs> do paper cutouts. <laughs> write on some raindrops. Let's try yeah. that. And, and then on those, you could have people write down their joys or their hallelujahs to kind of keep the hallelujahs going yeah. through all of Easter. Um, and then if you want to talk about Thomas, you could talk about FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Um, and what and what do we have? Um, when do we have FOMO, or what keeps us from worship? Yeah. Uh, some other things, just general for that Sunday, because as you mentioned, it's a lot of pastors are off that Sunday, or sometimes just do not have the energy to preach another sermon after yes. Holy Week. Um, there are some things that you can search online for, um, like a lessons and carols that are based on Easter type thing. Um, you can do some uh, just people sharing their Easter stories and kind of have like a testimonial type service. Um, if you don't, and then there's this entire idea of Holy Humor Sunday. We talked about that last year during our uh, Keeping the Alleluia's in Easter episode. So check all that stuff out. Or you could read a book. I've done, I did that one year, like do a storybook Sunday. Yeah. My people really liked it. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, normally it's a low attendance Sunday as well for, uh, so do something fun and different and people mm-hmm. will be okay with It'll it. It'll be refreshing. The and they'll be, they'll probably be tired too. Yes. <laughs> uh, May 5th is the third Sunday of Easter. Don't do anything for Cinco de Mayo unless you're uh, Hispanic. Unless that's heritage. your tradition. Yeah. Uh, like just don't do it bad. Like, yeah. Your, your ethnic tradition. Yeah. Don't don't do it badly. Don't don't wear sombreros. Don't play. <laughs> don't have tacos. Yeah. Don't play. Um, I can't think of the the noisemaker shaker things unless you're going to give out a bunch of classroom instruments to kids um, for the sending. Yeah. For the, <laughs> just don't. Um, so Acts nine is the first reading. It's Paul's conversion. Um, do a blindfold sermon or turn off all the lights and so that people can uh, just hear and listen to and for God's voice. You could talk about Bird Box if you really want to. I just thought yes. of that. It would be like Bird Box. <laughs> yes. You could also, um, with that, uh, you know, if you're still tired from Easter, of uh, just have a Quaker service of you just like sit and listen for each other for that time or have people share their conversion stories and if you're going to do that may have a few different people and make sure that some of them are those who were raised in the faith and those who um were not but and those who were raised in the faith they can share about that moment when the faith finally clicked for them because i think Mm -hmm. so often we hear conversion stories we think about people who were not christian and then became christian and yet the vast majority of people in our pews 
I have been Christian most of the life, but I think most Christians had that moment where it can, where it just became an aha moment and they finally got it. Um, John 21 is one through 19 is the gospel. That's the great catch of fish when Jesus has breakfast on the shores with his, um, disciples. So have breakfast together during worship. I mean, it doesn't have to be fish and, uh, and toast, but <laughs> just have breakfast and it's okay. Decorate with fishnets or wear fishnets if you want. <laughs> wear fishnets. Go fishing if you have a stream or a pond or a creek, like worship outside and like fish during the sermon, like. Even if you know there's no fish in your little pond, go uh, go fish. Um, also acknowledge the ridiculousness of that, the fact that Peter put on clothes to jump into the uh, lake to swim to shore. So he was fishing naked. Just want to point that I out there. I thought that was like what they did is like you fish naked. I don't know. That's what I've heard but somewhere. But point it out because people hear it and they catch it and then they focus on it. So just acknowledge it. It's also when Jesus says to Peter the three times, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. So you can, if that's going to be your focus, instead of decorating with fishing related things, decorate with lambs and sheep and have a farmer talk about what it takes to feed and tend sheep because they're kind of stupid animals. (laughs) They are. And it takes a lot sometimes, so. And to transition from, you could talk about that, that, the fish, not the fish, the Sheep. sheep and the lamb stuff that week and also tied into the next Sunday, May 12th, which is the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is always Good Shepherd Sunday. Mm-hmm. But this year it's also Mother's Day. Dun dun dun. Which is which is which is kind of a cool thing. So we have Acts 9 again, but we have Peter bringing Tabitha back to life. You could talk about Tabitha being um, kind of an emblematic emblematic of her faith and like a mother of the faith. Um, and talk about what um, when we need people to help restore us in our in our walks with Jesus and in, in our own faith lives. We have John 10, 22 through 30, which I think is this one of like the three uh, this is from the, John 10 that we get every three years. We get one of the sections. Yeah. So this is the one that's, um, it, it's the, uh, next on our outline. The, the work that I do in my father's name, it testifies to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Yes. It's that part of John 10. Yeah. So, so if you didn't talk, have someone talk about sheep last week. Yeah. Bring someone in and it's have talk about sheep. It's not the I am the good shepherd and it's not I am the gate. It's the it's, third one. Oh, you're right. You're right. I was thinking of, I think next week is the yeah. thing from John, from John, from Jesus' speech from yeah. the night before. No, anyway, sorry. I'm stealing your, I'm stealing your shots. <laughs> don't anyway, take my shots. Don't take my shots. So if, if you don't want to have, if you don't have access to a, a sheep farmer, but you do have an access. You do have access to like a scientist or a zoologist, a biologist. Talk about baby animals and how they tend to imprint on the first person mm-hmm. or uh, animal that they come into contact. You tell the story of the guy who had to fly a plane to help the geese migrate. It's there's a movie about this too, I right? I think there's a movie, and like really, you just Google guy plane geese, geese and you'll you know, find it. It's, yeah, it's it, a very well known story of the basically these. Baby geese, geese eggs hatched and they saw him and they thought he was his mother yeah he was their mother but they wouldn't migrate and without so like he had to teach them to migrate it's a cool story um you could to go with the last part of what jesus says you could play a game where people are snatching something out of another person's hand isn't like so it's like slapjack is sort of like that mm-hmm. so play a game where you try to try to do that um it is also mother's day um it's kind of a a fun connection with good shepherd yeah um but it's still 
take do tread lightly. Um, yes. Acknowledge that there are many different types of mothers and mothering figures. Some are biological, some are not. Um, don't celebrate all women. This is not like all women Sunday because some women, <gasps> shockingly, you know, don't necessarily want to become mothers and, yes. and have children, and that's okay. Um, if I will speak personally for myself. I am not a mother, and I do not ever want to be a mother. And I hate going on, on Mother's Day when people wish me Happy Mother's Day. And then they say something to me, especially because, you know, I'm younger, will say, oh, you'll change your mind someday. And I want to poke them and say, I'm 37, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, haven't changed my mind yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, I want to say more than shut up to them, actually. Um but also, then they will make excuses about, well, I'm an aunt or I'm a godmother or whatever. I'm like, no, this is not Godmother Sunday. This is not Aunt Sunday. This is mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So celebrate mothers. Yeah. So, and motherhood is something to celebrate, but don't equate motherhood with womanhood. Yes. Or, yeah. So anyway, that's our caveat about that. All right. Fifth Sunday of Easter is May 19th. Um, it is Acts 11 is the first reading in which Peter has a dream that allows him to eat all the unclean foods. This is the story that I have heard the worst children's sermon ever Seriously? On. What? Yes. So um, at my uh, home church, the se- uh, senior pastor who was not as good at the children's sermon as the associate pastor did this children's sermon that day in which he talked about how when he was a kid he thought he couldn't eat chocolate because it gave him acne this is like when he was in high school and so he kept on referring to the word chocolate and then he didn't have chocolate for the kids and then he also kept on referring to acne and none of the kids knew what acne was (gasps) so um yeah don't do that it was great because the facial reactions of the kids were fabulous and i was laughing at that but it was a really bad children's sermon (laughs) wow instead what you can do is have a feast and, you know, there's a lot of food. Have a feast. I mean, granted, it's a lot of meat, which I don't eat, but, you know, you can have it. Prepare a meal for your homebound or sick members that you send out with them. We talked earlier about the sending of communion. Like, this would be a good way to start that process mm-hmm. so on this day. If you are living or your church is in a ra- uh, racially or ethnically diverse area, but you are a fairly white congregation, have some samplings of the cuisine of your neighborhood. Go talk to some of the local restaurants and say... Um, Cater some lunch. Yeah, ask them to cater some lunch or even like maybe their chefs, their cooks can come and talk about the menu and what is it and, you know, describe what an empanada is. Or or what angira is. Yes. Um, and have some some food of your neighborhood of because sometimes we think these, these foods that we didn't grow up with are unclean even though they're completely fine to eat. They're just not they're just what different. We eat. It's just you would eat them differently or yeah. yeah. And and have some samplings and not like don't if you're gonna have it catered don't get enough for the most part for like everyone to have a full meal but have everyone have a taste like tapas yeah. <laughs> Um, John 13 is the gospel. It's the, all the, the, he is glorified and I'm glorified and we all glorified, blah, 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 glory. It says all the glory, all the glory. (laughs) Um, but it, it does have the, the quote, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should, you should also love one another. So have a day where you decorate with hearts and the, or the word love in a bunch of different languages or other symbols of love. Have people write down how they've shown love this past week and also when they have failed to show that love. So maybe you can have mm. two hearts. 
One's connected, one's a broken heart. And you can have people write down both. You can have some time to practice that discipleship of allowing people time to practice demonstrating love to another person, especially sometimes that love that's difficult, like the neighbor that, you know, had really loudly blares their radio and keeps you up at night. And yet, so you just want to get back at them by blaring your radio at 5 a.m. instead of showing them neighborly love. Like so. baking them cookies. Yes. I've heard of that happening, actually. People bake cookies for their neighbor who are loud. Hey, that would work. Um, all right. May 26th, the sixth Sunday of Easter or Memorial Day weekend if you're in the United States. Acts 16, this is my favorite or at least one of my favorite passages in the Bible. This, I wonder why, Lydia. I wonder why, yeah. Lydia, I wonder yes, why. Yes, So Paul goes to Macedonia and baptizes Lydia, who... Wait, you got baptized by Paul? You're that I old? I did, yeah. I look really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you my secret, though. Yes, I am 2,000 years old. <laughs> so she was she was a businesswoman who ran her own household and uh, dealt in purple cloth. So just... Dig out all your Lent stuff and just go purple again. I could do that every week. Uh, I love Lydia's purple. favorite color is purple. It this is. Lydia's favorite My color, favorite is, color purple. is purple. And we don't know if her favorite color was purple. She was probably sick of it because she had to deal with it. Um, so lift up women in your congregation who have helped others um, in in their faith journeys. Um, this story is the setup for the for the next week where Lydia helps Paul and Silas in prison. Though I don't think we get that part of no. the story because we get the story of them getting out of prison. Yeah. But the end of the story, which we don't get, which you should add yeah. is that they go back to Lydia's house and hang out. So John 14. So this could be a oh, two parter. Actually. This could be a two parter. Yeah. Depending on how you do it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lydia, 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 we purple, 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 purple. It's cool. So you can just guess what Lydia is going to be doing on May 26th <laughs> is she's going to be celebrating herself. Myself. <laughs> But, you know, there's also, you know, other readings like John 14 and it's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. So another kind of preview of, of Pentecost. So lift, talking about the Holy Spirit as advocate to lift up people who advocate for other people, um, social justice warriors, pe- lawyers who work for the underprivileged, social workers, um, lift those, if, especially if you have them in your congregation. Talk about the peace that Jesus leaves uh, leaves with us. You could decorate in peace signs. You could decorate with doves, paper cutout doves, not actual doves. Yeah, you mention. don't want them shitting on your head. <laughs> uh, other symbols of peace. You could write the word peace in a bunch of different languages. You could talk about what does peace mean. You could meditate with kind of infusing yourself with peace during your sermon or during the prayers you could have guided meditation instead of the sermon so play around with that but also there's an alternative gospel i am so excited i did not know that this existed until i was doing research for this podcast and it's fabulous um there is an alternative gospel for in the lectionary for uh may 26th which is john 5 which is the pool of bethesda which is quickly becoming one of my favorite bible stories um And it's my favorite Bible story, or quickly becoming one of my favorite Bible stories because of the image of the Holy Spirit that's in there. And you might be going, what image of the Holy Spirit is in the Pool of Bethesda? Well, I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more! So my favorite image of the Holy Spirit is that of a shit disturber. And I use this 
gospel text as that reason is that you had these pools of water and that would collect, but also the things that would collect in it was sometimes actual shit, as in like human feces would probably end up in there, but also leaves and bugs and all the gunk that ends up when you have just a pool of water sitting around. And the man who is sitting at the side of it tells Jesus that he has no one to uh, to help him into the t- uh, when he has to wait for the the winds to come and and disturb the water, stir the waters, and then he doesn't have anyone to help him into the waters. And I think of the Holy Spirit as this breath of, or the wind of God that comes and stirs those waters, which includes literal shit. Um, <laughs> Or the shit that's in our lives and it stirs it up and the things that are settled to the top. And so it stirs it up so that healing can actually begin. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who like when we think that life is going all hunky-dory and fine, the Holy Spirit is the one poking us saying, hey, by the way, have you thought about starting this new ministry? Oh, hey, by the way, maybe you need this new call. Oh, hey, by the way, maybe you should befriend that person that you actually dislike. Oh, hey, by the way, maybe you should give more of your money away. Um, All of these things that that's the Holy Spirit, the shit disturber in our lives. And I'm so excited that this is one of the gospel readings because I I really did not think this was in the lectionary at all. So um, as far as talking about that that day, well, first... (laughs) Don't call the Holy Spirit a shit disturber in your congregation unless you're confident that you can get away with that. Um, A lot of people don't appreciate you swearing in a sermon, especially referring to uh, one of the Trinity as, you know, by a swear word that would get beeped on television. (laughs) (laughs) But you can gather around a large font, uh, especially if you have like a, a... like hot tub size font that people can gather around and be this pool that's there or create one. Um, you can have some time of talking about uh, when you can maybe call the Holy Spirit an agitator of when have you been agitated in life by the Holy Spirit um, or the tr- and really uh, lean into the Holy Spirit being a troublemaker or as a friend of mine always refers to the Holy Spirit is uh, she always says that the Holy Spirit is a sneaky bitch. So <laughs> God's gonna trouble the water. Yes. Sing that See? song. That's that's perfect. See? <laughs> I love this text. It really has made me so happy to find this out today. Um, and I know what I'm going to be preaching on May 26th, not Lydia. Sorry, Lydia. That's okay. I'll forgive you this year. You can preach on Lydia. I'll preach on the <laughs> I Holy might Spirit. preach on that too. Um, and we're going to continue actually with June 2nd because that is the seventh and final Sunday of Easter. Um, what, what? So we thought instead of splitting uh, the Easter season, we'd continue. Um, the old, uh, the first reading for that day is Acts 16, which is that continuation of uh, Paul and Silas, only this time they're in jail. So I really strongly suggest that you go to verse 40. I think it's supposed to stop at verse 34. Um, this is a great story to act out because, it, you know, there's an earthquake and then they all remain in jail and then the jailer's about to kill himself and they call out, don't, don't, we're all here. Um, that divine grace that happens when people do what is what they should do and not what they're expected to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have people who've been in prison share their stories and their journeys, especially maybe what happened to them when they got out um, and what it was like to return to regular society. There's also in verse 37, which is why I suggest you go to verse 40, is um, 
Paul and Silas talk about how they were citizens of the country and yet they were beaten and thrown into jail without being convicted. Mm. And so advocate for prison reform. It's a huge issue. If you're in the United States, huge, huge issue. Um, and so have some legal experts share, connect it to connect with Black Lives Matter or another social justice group nearby to hear their stories of unjust treatment and to call out for actions reform, you know, write letter, that entire sending thing of right after you do the sending, you have people stay and worship to like sign letters to your um, elected leaders about prison reform. So, and also it's a much better text than the gospel text that day. Cause the gospel text is John 17 and it's the farewell discourse. Is this the one where we get uh, yes. one from him? That was, I was thinking earlier, but yeah. this is like this where we get every year. As you, as you, this is an actual quote from it. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that you, the world may believe that you have sent me. And I need a modifying noun. <laughs> so <laughs> we need some grammar here. Yeah. So if you are going to preach on this, I would suggest that you write it out like Mad Lib style and have people fill in all of the pronouns for modifying nouns so that people understand the who he is in him and I am in him and we will glorify each other. And I, yeah. Give us a real, you know, some modifying and words stuff. in there. Uh, it's, there's plenty of verbs. That's the problem. Ooh, it's adverbs, just a lot yeah. of a lot of pronouns. So get rid of some yeah, of those pronouns. Yeah, many pronouns, yeah. Um, but ultimately, Jesus is praying for his disciples. So spend some time praying for others. Maybe you, you can spend the entire sermon in doing different prayer forms, uh, doing prayer stations. So, which means if you have been paying attention, you can probably get out of preaching pretty much all of the Easter season <laughs> because we've talked about on the second Sunday of Easter how you can uh, have a lessons and carols for Easter. Or read a book. Yeah, or read a book. Uh, the third Sunday is the... Um, it, we had talked about... Um, having people share conversion conversion stories. stories. Yes. So that's not you. Um, the yeah, that's not you because you don't have a conversion story. No, but, <laughs> but more of like, it would be more meaningful, I think, from your people than from uh, others. For uh, Good Shepherd. A good, uh, good Shepherd Sunday, again, have a shepherd, uh, a farmer, or somebody else. Biologist. Um, or a mom. <laughs> or, yeah, or talk about Tabitha and it can be a mom. Uh, the fifth Sunday is that have the feast and... Um, and then the, and the practice discipleship of having people about how they love. And then the sixth Sunday is... Guided meditation. Got it, guided meditation. Peace. And the seventh Sunday is the prayer station. So no preaching in Yes! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, um... That's yeah, what we're here for. <laughs> you might want to preach more Getting than that. Getting you out of preaching for an entire season. I honestly do love preaching. So, but if, if same, but sometimes I think you hit a wall as a preacher and need a break, especially so. after Easter. So, like, take one, take one, take them all, take a break. Like, yeah. it's okay. And there's some pastors who they are really gifted and skilled pastors. They are not gifted and skilled preachers. So, and that's okay. And if that's you, hey, we just give you a whole lot of outs. So, woohoo! Exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, for our chaser today, we've used uh, reworship the reworship blog before, but um, there are, is a whole big list of benedictions that is written that they've cultivated specifically for basically every Sunday of the Revised Common Lectionary. So if you're trying to um, yeah. get some new benedictions and blessings, um, we'll yeah, click the link instead. Of, yeah, add. Uh, it's too long to say. We'll put the link in our show notes, but also if you just on reworship just 
do a search for benediction and it will come up of a nice they, and yes. use the Google and not just benediction. I use it all the time for a call to worship too. So yeah, it's but, fabulous. Somebody else has cultivated all of these for you, so you don't have to work smarter, not harder. Um, What are we doing next? So um, we're up in the air a little bit. So we will be at the Festival of Homiletics in Minneapolis, Minnesota in mid-May. We will be staying in my old bedroom at my my parents' house. (laughs) Actually, correction, it's my sister's old bedroom. Tyler, our friend Tyler will be in my old bedroom. Um, So we are going to be doing some, uh, probably some mini episodes of uh, each night at the Festival of Homiletics of just our thoughts for the day of what we learned um, to help uh, if you aren't there. Because we said, here's where you're getting out of preaching. And so here's like some actual helpful stuff for preaching. (laughs) So we'll give you some mini episodes each night. Uh, We're going to at some point do the June scripture shots for you. We might put that out before the festival um, just because the festival is mid-May, uh, so uh, we'll probably do before. But pay, stay tuned. See us in our in whatever pops up in your news feed uh, next is what we're going to do, basically. Yeah. But that's all coming up. If you're going to the Festival of Homiletics, let us know, and maybe we can find a time to meet up. and um, We could take selfies Yeah, be famous together. Yes. We, we <laughs> are sort famous, of famous, Lydia. Come on. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> And let us know that you're coming to the festival or if you have any comments about uh, what you would like. If uh, Is there a certain person that you aren't going to be able to make it to, but you really want to know what they're going to talk about or something else, let us know. Um, is hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Lit Liturgy um, or email us at litliturgy at gmail.com, L-I-T-L-I-T-U-R-G-Y at gmail.com. And thank you again to Brian Odeen for our lovely and amazing theme music. In the meantime, this is Becca. And this is Lydia. And we're reminding to always drink and plan worship responsibly.